What's up everybody? Welcome back to another exciting adventure behind the timeline. I'm Lindsay and my co-host Scott is here with me. What's up everybody? It's Scott, America's sweetheart. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I probably should have told you this before we started recording, but I've got two beers in me. Good. I know. Good. I have a glass of wine I already lost and then found again, so we're both doing great. I still don't get how you did that, but it's it's impressive. It's a miracle. Yeah. So we're here tonight, folks, to talk about uh, one of the craziest (laughs) entries of Disney's Silver Age, which is the Sword in the Stone. This honestly felt like a Dark Age movie. Like, I always thought that it was. I I honestly have been, like, I have more than once checked the timeline to be like, is this right? Yeah. It's because it feels (laughs) like it shouldn't be. And yet, here we are in 1963 getting this ridiculous movie that absolutely it belongs in the Dark Ages. I often feel the same way about 101 Dalmatians that we skipped. Um, oh, yeah. Where I'm like, what is this doing here? Like, there's some movies of the Silver Age that are like a Cinderella that are just incredible. Yeah. Like, visually incredible. And the story's good and all of the other things. And we give it like an eight or an eight and a half. And then mm-hmm. there's this. Um, but I still enjoyed the shit out of oh, this. Oh, my God. Yeah. I So, yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> First of all. This is the second movie after the animation style changed. Um, And so we had, like, 101 Dalmatians was very clearly all pencil animated. Yeah. And it's very easy to tell. Especially with um, certain scenes in this movie, you can see, like, almost nothing moves. Like, it doesn't look animated. It just kind of looks like someone took a, a camera and just, like, panned over an image. Yeah, it's like only the... I, and we've seen this in some of the Golden Age films, too, where mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, the matte paintings in the background. But in yeah. this one, legit, it was like almost nothing would be moving. Like, the mm-hmm. whole background would be stationary. Oh, yeah. Be out of control. Like this. It's, it's so <laughs> badly... It's just... It, you can see the pencil marks. Like, it's... Which, which I think can. they get away with it in Dalmatians a little better because there's, like, a large portion of that movie where everyone's covered in soot. And yeah, there is a lot of black dots and things yeah. like that in that movie like that's kind of the point so they they get away with it but Everything before in this movie we digress color. too crazy yes on the dry on Where the are we? uh on the artwork it is 1963 which is a big year mm-hmm. folks 1963 is a real big one this mm. is the assassination of jfk martin mm. luther king's i have a dream speech was in 63 zip codes are introduced in the U.S., which I just think is kind of like a weird contextual thing. I do thing actually think like, that oh. is kind of weird, yeah. Like, okay. of all the things that happen, like, I think that's funny that that's another big thing. That's just, well, and also that it took that long, like, there's that news. Yeah. Like, like, it took forever. Okay. Um, it's also, like, early Beatlemania at this point. Uh. So that part of the 60s is coming. Yep. Um, and Alcatraz closed. So up until this point, Alcatraz Prison was, was a open fully operational in San prison, Francisco yeah. Bay, yeah, which I'm like, oh my god, really? You know um, what's really funny, too? Like, so Beatlemania started in 1963, and mm-hmm. I've never told anybody this. Um, my favorite, like, Beatles song is the one that ends, and they shut the fuck up. I am not I don't a Beatles. I know it. I'm not a Beatles fan at oh, all. Oh, I see. You're making a joke. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> yes, I'm I like, I, th- I don't know the Beatles either, so I'm just like willing to believe you were serious. <laughs> it is so much better. Holy wow, shit. Wow, okay. So no, we'll I, see. <laughs> Nobody likes the Beatles. I also don't really care about the I, Beatles. Just, I did, I don't get it. I love when they're made fun of, like, 
when Ringo Starr gets made fun yeah, of. Yeah, I was going to say, Cox. when people make fun of Ringo, I like that. Yeah. I, I wrote a song about an octopus. Like, dude, who <laughs> fucking cares, man? <laughs> oh my god, you do such good voices. Um, anyway, I, sorry, I didn't mean Yeah, that. no, I mean, I, I generally agree. I think I kind of, like... If I imagine that it's 1963 and I'm hearing the Beatles, I probably love them too because the reason they were so popular yeah. is that like they were like the forerunners of what was going to be music and rock and roll. See, that's a, I think that's, that's what, what pisses me off. I think that's no, what pisses me off. It's fine, because, but at least it happened. No, I know, and I'm not. I can't be mad about it because it, it is like a forerunner for for rock and roll, but like. When I think rock and roll, I think like Kiss, Twisted Sister, Poison, like Led Zeppelin. Mm, like I that's think rock and roll. I think the Rolling Stones. Okay, that's just that's the same era. Like yeah, I know, but just very specifically, I love the Stones. Oh yeah, who doesn't love the Stones? <laughs> you don't love the Stones? Turn the podcast off right now. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need your negativity here. Anyway. Um, the other interesting thing that I actually didn't put in the notes because it just like lives forever rent free in my brain is that 1963 is the year in which the Umbrella Academy season two takes place. So Ooh. all this stuff is happening in 63 in Dallas because it's the Dallas JFK storyline. So mm. more plugs for Scott to watch the Umbrella Academy season two Hell before yeah. I physically totally come to your home and it. force you yeah. for the new season. I know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oscar winner for this year was Lawrence of Arabia. Fantastic film. It's yeah. actually one of the first Oscar winners I've I've seen since we started this. Mm-hmm. And it oh dude, it's such a great movie. And it and obviously like for it's like the ultimate film school movie. My oh, biggest yeah. takeaway from all of these events is how much everything's starting to line up with We Didn't Start the Fire. Which oh, I'm I know, right? Continuing yeah. to try and figure <laughs> yeah. out how to get that onto Instagram as a meme. Like, we yep. got Disneyland and Peter Pan. Um, Disneyland and Peter like Pan. <laughs> it's the Elvis Presley Disneyland. Yeah, the. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. I'm not going to. I do know most of the lyrics, but I'm not going to pull them out of my ass right now. But Beatlemania is in there, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, all the things. So um, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop. Anyway, it gets stuck in my head when I think about all the things that we've seen in the last few episodes. The top grossing movie, though, was Cleopatra. Which is another great film, but it's horrendously long. Yeah, so was Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, it was. Right? Like, the um, Sword in the Stone came in sixth for the year for top grocers, Mm -hmm. so not a big haul for Disney. Again, yeah. Disney did not make money until the Renaissance. Disney made money on like three movies and Walt's persistence until the Renaissance. Which Most of their money from, and you guys will start seeing this too as we get in. We're, um, <clears throat> I have to pull it up here, but I'm pretty sure we only have uh, one, maybe, maybe two. Oh, yeah, so two. We have two more movies left in the 60s, and then we're done. We are actually almost to the end of the 70s after that. Yeah, there's basically no Disney. Like, we're coming to the end mm-hmm. of Disney until the Renaissance because it's the Dark Age. Following yeah. the Silver Age is the Dark Age of Disney after Walt dies and when everything just goes, in fact, not all the way to hell on account of some great movies in the Dark Age. Like, there oh, is nice. actually a lot of Dark Age movies that we're covering, considering, yeah. like, more than the wartime era. But, um, but that's... 
Yeah, we're we're gonna see. That's where we are, though. That we're in the Silver Age after 101 Dalmatians, which, along with Lady and the Tramp, are the two Silver Age movies that we've skipped because we have a thing about dogs. Yeah. Um, and before Mary Poppins, which we're gonna cover next in the mm-hmm. timeline, so we'll be checking that out. Which Lindsay has not seen, so I highly encourage you guys to check in on that episode because yeah. I'm so excited to hear about this. The fact that I haven't seen it is like super fucked up. So we're excited for Mary Poppins. Yeah. Um, Warnings on this movie, nothing. Yeah. Merlin smokes in one scene and one good, scene he's a too. Yeah, and it is um I've, I that one I gave a pass because he fit that wizard genre. Yeah. I literally say good. I'm like yeah. an excellent, fantastic, <laughs> I support it. He should be. Yeah, yeah, he's a wizard. He should be smoking. <clears throat> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um <clears throat> in the parks though, this was interesting to me. Like lamest. Lamest lame that ever lamed. Mm-hmm. There's almost nothing. Yeah. There's an attraction in Anaheim that has been closed forever in Florida. Like, uh, this shit is, like, not even in my on my radar in Florida. But apparently there's, like, an attraction where Merlin appears. Like, there is a sword in the stone. So, <clears throat> in Anaheim, it's actually right after you walk through Aurora's castle. It's right that on the other tracks. side. You have shops on That's either side, and you go past, like, Mr. Toad's and, like, Peter Pan, and then you get to Arthur's Carousel, um, which... Yeah, King Arthur's Carousel is a thing. Apparently. Yeah, the only reason I say that they don't have a presence is there is nothing in this carousel that draws you to understand it's Arthur's Carousel. There's one sign that says, like, the whole, like, check your height thing. That's where it says this is Arthur's Carousel. Um, yeah, so in name only. Exactly. But right in front of that is actually a sword in the stone. If memory serves, right. I believe it's actually in an anvil. I don't think it's in a That's stone. That's what I'm saying. That there's a, there, I think it is like an anvil, which mm-hmm. I actually think it might be in the movie. I'm not sure. I, I no, it's I, straight up in a stone. Yeah, well, um, good for them. It's, but yeah, it's like I guess yeah. Merlin shows up and does an attraction sometimes where you can pull the sword out of the stone or like one lucky guest will and he brings people up and... I don't know, I but it seems like that only happens like hit or miss. Like you could be there every day and never see Merlin show up. So in my do it randomly, yeah, exactly. In my thirty-three years of being like a Disney fan and going to Disneyland almost every summer of my life, at sometimes even like one, two or three times. Um, yeah, totally. I have summer never seen, I've never seen anybody pull the sword out. I do yeah. know that the sword does not come out all the way. It only raises about two inches, and then it stops. And if you are the one that it deems like able to pull out or whatever, um, a Disney employee will appear, and there'll be a little like knighting ceremony for you. And that's, I mean, that's, where, Mer- cool. that's where Merlin comes in. Oh. Well, see, they should do that all the time way more. Like, that they should. actually is It should cool. be like a once-a-day thing, and I, I never hear about it. Yeah, I don't think it's... I, from what I saw, is it's very hit or miss. Like, you mm-hmm. you can't predict when it's going to happen. Yeah. It's kind of what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's what's happened in the parks. And from sequels, nada. But This did not need a sequel. Okay, I disagree. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. If I got a movie just about how Archimedes learned to, to become highly educated, I would watch the living fuck out of that Archimedes is one of my favorite animal characters in Disney. Easily. I mean, he knows what's going on and has his shit together way more than anyone else in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, he's... I 100% agree. I... We just... I mean, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it momentarily. So, the... Because after the plot summary, we'll talk about that. So... 
while there is no current sequel, a live action remake is coming to Disney Plus, and God help us all. Yeah, I. Ugh. Of this, a live action remake know, of this, of or this. a different version of this story? No, because it's it's got to be of this because this is just another occurrence of Disney maintaining their copyrights, which is the exact same reason why we got the live action of Jungle Book, Cinderella. Um, Mulan, all of that stuff. That's exactly why we're getting these. Is Disney has their thirty-seven years is up for the copyright, and so they have to maintain Same it. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me read this plot summary, and then let's talk yes. about all the reasons that that seems implausible. Because I do want to time like. <laughs> so, okay. Arthur, a young man with a perfectly admirable goal of becoming a squire, falls into the lap of the awaiting trickster slash time traveler Merlin and is shanghaied into risky experiments in transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Despite his efforts to return to his squire training and earn his place in the big trip to London, Merlin insists on teaching Arthur by turning him into various animals and distracting him from his tasks. Finally successful in escaping Merlin's clutches and getting to London, Arthur, totally randomly, pulls the sword out of the stone and, totally by accident, becomes the King of England. Arthur doesn't really want that responsibility, but are we going to see that conflict? Nope. Are we going to find out how he does as a king? Absolutely not. Good night, everyone. That's the end of this movie. Yep. Thank you for coming to our (laughs) podcast episode. That's literally it. I love that you painted this entire thing the way you wrote this as Merlin is the bad guy. I fucking love that. He is so the bad guy in this movie. (laughs) Like, he's... He does nothing of value. And, And this is why I can't see... Like, this is why I would like a sequel and not a remake, because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so the interesting part of this movie is after he becomes king, right? He's, like, the child king who right, has to, like, learn how to be king. Yeah. He learned Jack in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. absolutely nothing about yeah. preparing him to be king. Like, I I remembered this. Like, going into this, I was like, yeah, 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 they do a bunch of crazy shit, but the point is that Merlin knows he's going to be the king and be the chosen one, and before that happens and he pulls the sword out of the stone... He wants to, like, teach him how to be a good king through these, like, wonky animal stories. But it turns out, like, that's not happening. No, and that's the thing. Like, he actually forgets entirely about the legend of King Arthur. I don't think he knew that Until that's what the I think end. he just was And then he's like, oh, yeah, kid. legend of King Arthur and his knights of the round table. And then Arthur's like, round table? And he's like, oh, do you want a square one? He's like, no, no, round is fine. <laughs> he's like, what? I... And, but he doesn't realize that this is No, he has no Arthur. idea that this is Arthur because he never calls him Arthur. He says his name is Arthur in the beginning of the movie, but everyone calls him Wart. And then even Merlin calls him Wart. Even Archimedes calls him Wart. Like, everybody calls him Wart. Yeah, I refuse to do that. I'm, like, I have in my notes mentioned once that he is Wart. I'm calling oh, him yeah. Arthur. I'm like, wow, yeah. that is fucking so random. What is so, that? Why? <clears throat> before we get too deep into this. As the resident historian, I do need to let you guys know a couple things. Please do. One, this is based off the actual novel, The Once and Future King, which is the tale of King Arthur and his finding of the sword and the founding of Camelot. His finding of the sword Excalibur. The Mm -hmm. word Excalibur is never once used in this movie. The name Camelot is never once used in this movie. This is solely the story of who became the rightful king at the end of, um, I think it's like the 12th century. 
I, I honestly don't you remember. You got me there. I don't know about that. <clears throat> but I think that sounds right, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no idea. This basically... Be, it, it paints this picture of London as a... Well, generally, Europe as a whole becoming this lawless, castle-ridden wonderland of terrible creatures and thieves and people just like death all around them and stuff. They call it like the Dark Ages. Yes. Right. And Absolutely. also I was like, they're like, we were entering a Dark Age. And I was like, are you being meta and self-referential Disney? Meta. Because you totally are entering a Dark Age. They so fucking are. They know I don't it. know if they knew it. I don't know. But that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, but that, so like Merlin is based off of <clears throat> the real legend of Merlin, obviously. In the original legend, Merlin cannot tra- time travel. He doesn't know all of these things are coming. He just can foresee the future. But okay. in this movie, he just jumps between time. He jumps to Bermuda and all this shit. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have an owl named Archimedes. He actually has a falcon named Silverwing. That's cool too. Yeah. I, I don't know which one of those I like better. Archimedes is awesome, but oh, Archimedes is Archime- fucking great, dude. <laughs> he calls the castle that that uh, Arthur lives in the most miserable old castle in all, <laughs> in Christendom. all of Christendom. And literally, I died. Dude, <laughs> like, he's what? so funny. So funny. I I want to start calling things like the most miserable old noun in all Christendom. In all Christendom, yeah. In all I Christendom, I think in all Christendom yeah. is something we should bring back. Like that's really funny. Yeah. And he just like <laughs> he he cracks me up because he's the most like realistic about them or about like the things that they're doing. Like when <laughs> when Merlin gets stoked about showing Wart the airplane, and then it just fucking crashes into the water. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, Archimedes like almost <laughs> shits himself. He's laughing so hard. And he just like he, he just cracks me up. He wants to go to so sleep funny. in the middle of the morning, like <clears throat> but he actively but he like helps Ward out and yeah. He doesn't have the grumpy owl trope though. Like we're definitely moving away from that a little bit in Disney. Yeah. I mean he he has more of a like don't bother me. I just want to do my own thing and Merlin, you're an old fucking idiot, like he definitely thinks Merlin Why are we is an focusing idiot. on that? He totally does. Well, I really liked how, like, Archimedes, like, so this movie is, like, broken into three adventures plus everything else, right? It's, like, a seven act film. And yeah. there's, like, the, so the three adventures where they turn into animals, like, two of them, you know, Merlin's, like, like, shows up out of fucking nowhere and he's like, You ever try being a squirrel? And, like, they, oh, yeah. And, he's uh, like, Dude, I'm gonna turn this kid into a bird right now. <laughs> well, the bird part, so I'm saying, like, so <clears throat> they go on these three little adventures and, like, the fish song is about, like, not being mediocre and trying hard, which, yeah. like. Well, it's about using your brain. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it was almost a good lesson, but also it seemed really judgy, like, yeah. Something that would give like high performing kids a complex is what that song was to oh, me. Oh yeah. And the next one is just about being Twitter pated. So when squirrel like <clears throat> what the fuck? There are two things in the squirrel portion of the film that really stuck out to me. And I actually had to write this down because <clears throat> even though I didn't leave notes for you to read because I didn't want to spoil any of this for you, I did take notes. <laughs> You guys, hiding, I refuse to tell Lindsay fucking anything about this. I just, I didn't say anything. He just wouldn't talk to me about this movie before we recorded. I have no goddamn idea what oh, you're yeah. about to say. So, number one, when Merlin is explaining 
uh, after they first become squirrels, he's explaining how gravity works, right? Mm-hmm. And he basically gives the actual scientific definition of stating if two free particles, if free to move, will be drawn towards each other. That's actually incorrect. That's not that's not how gravity works. Gravity is two objects with mass, if free to move, will move towards each other. So, already Merlin's a fucking idiot. But, <clears throat> more importantly, Damn. I feel like the square... <laughs> I know. More like, importantly... That got technical for... <laughs> I know. I mean, maybe your two beers are good for that. I'm like, gravity's what? <laughs> I know. I, well, Go I know on. I'm at, I know I'm out of beer, so... This oh, is shit, all right. Little... So now we're back on the up and up. I'm still moving through the wine. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. You, I believe you about that being the definition of gravity. No, and that, it just like... <laughs> I thought that was just like a really odd way of wording that he's technically right like it's not like a it's it's just me splitting hairs um but right. more importantly i feel like this whole subplot because arthur doesn't learn a lesson from this one this is the only one he doesn't learn a lesson from no it's i love. don't have this any idea what the lesson is the only thing that he learns or i like i feel like it was thrown in there as some kind of like faux pas love interest because the quote at the as the this scene is ending is Merlin says love is one of the most powerful things on earth and uh, uh, Arthur says even more powerful than gravity and Merlin stops and says yeah I would say it's probably the most powerful force on earth that's fair enough that he and he like feels bad about like yeah. the lady squirrel is so so heartbroken. He really when he does. He turns into a boy. It's really sad, and he feels bad about that. So like, I could believe that he learned something sort of of value there, but it's not setting anything up. It's like that's not a challenge he faces. He doesn't get to face any challenges on kind of the movie ending. So I mean, who fucking knows, you know? And I feel like he doesn't learn all that much being a fish. And I think he learns, like, some toxic lessons. And then Archimedes teaches him to fly. And I like yeah. that, that Archimedes is like, okay, I'm going to do this one. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. But also, it just results in, like, the Madame Mim debacle, which we'll talk oh about. I fucking loved Madame Dude. Mim. The marvelous Mad Madame Mim. The marvelous Mad Madame Mim. I love um, it. I need you guys to understand. Why are you better at that than me? <laughs> I don't know. I like it when you sense. do that. I know. Um, <laughs> through this, from start to finish... This is one of the funniest movies to me. There's so, funny. so much random hilarity in this movie. Like him trying to hide behind his own tail as a squirrel. And then the female squirrel <laughs> literally just coming up and fucking bodying him to the ground. I was like, bro, this is so ridiculous. It was so funny. It was like... And it was weird. And then there's like the, the whole squirrel thing. I'm like... Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna spend zero time on it, but I'm well, like, again, I love that I'm like, you use cool that, again. Oh well, it's every time that yeah. this happens in the forest or the castle or whatever, it's always gonna be Twitter painted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll spend zero time on this. But like, once again, the only women in the film, and that's just I'm just like fucking great. Like, and that's all the time I'm gonna spend on it. But I'm just like, yeah. oh, they're funny, and Jesus God, I'm really excited for Jasmine. You know what? Who I'm excited for is Bianca. Bianca holds her shit down. She is an absolute hero. I can't wait Oh my wait god, for her. yeah, dude. 100%. Yeah, bring on Bianca in that the is Dark Bi- Ages. <clears throat> Anybody can fight me on like. this, I swear to god. But that move that is Bianca's movie. 
fuck yeah, it is. I can't yeah. wait. I have some amazing Bianca stories for when we get there. Yeah, like, really, like, that I have intentionally not told you. Oh like, God, I'm yes. holding shit back from you about Bianca. All right. The point is um, that I don't feel like he learned anything on any of these adventures, and I don't think he had the opportunity to put anything he was learning into place. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. In the end, Merlin says that knowledge and wisdom are the real power, right? Mm-hmm. And he, that's kind of the lesson in the beginning. And it's like this juxtaposition of the two fathering styles, because we have like whoever this guy is that's like raising. Oh, Sir Ector. Yeah, so you yeah. have Sir Ector and his son Kay, who, again, I'm going to be a historical nerd for a minute. Please. Kay is actually based on a an actual knight of the round table, Sir Kay. Um, that's where that a tracks. lot of their names came, like, came from. But Sir Ector, the only real kind of information we get is that Arthur's parents are dead. It's implied right. they most likely died during this dark age where Law was abandoned. Um, and Sir Ector took him in. He calls him. He calls himself Arthur's foster father. Um, but yeah. Kay clearly does not give a shit about this kid. No, it's very Cinderella, except he doesn't seem to be, like, abused. Like, they're giving him, you know, the opportunity to become a squire. Oh, like, yeah. It seems like he's been taken in. Like, they don't really seem to care about him. Yeah. But he's definitely being, being given, like, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we for sure get that, like, medieval, dark ages, like, this is fucked up. Like, you take that opportunity, like, Game of Thrones, everybody's an orphan kind of shit. Oh, like, yeah. Cool, you get to be a squire, or work your ass off to be a squire. Like, I'm all behind him scrubbing the pots. And... I feel yeah, like I didn't feel bad for him having chores. I wasn't like no. this kid's being worked to the bone. Like no, he is a hard worker. He wants to be a squire. He he loves this jousting fighting. He loves all of that stuff. And what else is he going to do? He's it's not like well, he's yeah. Cinderella and he's the rightful heir to this castle and these lands mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like the duke's daughter or whatever. Yeah. Like he just like yeah, I'm like yeah, go do earn your keep, dude. This is legit. Like he's working the system. It's like mm-hmm. doing it the way you're supposed to. And the knight dude, whatever his name is. Sir K. Thank you. K's the grown-up. Not the son. Sir Ector is the dad. That's uh, who I'm K thinking of, Sir is Ector. the redheaded kid that goes with Arthur to hunt in the beginning of the movie. So Sir Ector then, yes. the dad dude, mm-hmm. right? I feel like there's a juxtaposition of fathering styles here with him and Merlin. And he and Merlin like butt heads a bunch. And it's like he wants to learn. He wants Arthur to learn responsibility and hard work and like how to go through the system and like, you know, succeed in the real world. Yeah. And Merlin is like, wants him to have this like ivory tower education and it's mm-hmm. coming out of absolutely nowhere and he tries yeah. to shove it down his throat and it's like Merlin's like knowledge and wisdom are the real power but is that what he teaches Arthur? I feel like like love has I, nothing to do with that Yeah, I see I don't know because we don't if we got to see Arthur use the three lessons to fight Madame Mim that would be a different story Right? How dope would have made, giving me Pinocchio flashbacks. Exactly. Like, it would have made <laughs> so much more sense. And I'm not even going to... So, like, the last thing I want to touch on this in, in this entire episode, because it, it, it is worth spending a good five minutes on... Madam Mim? No, no, no. Is oh. the technical <laughs> aspects of this movie... Oh, I'm, I was ready to say Madame Mim. Uh, no, because I love Madame Mim. I fucking <laughs> love Madame Mim. Dude. She, her Madame laugh Mim. is hysterical, and I love Saving that she just, like, freaks out. Yeah. Um, but, okay, but so, so talk to me about the technical piece of this then. 
This the was the does number. Have... Well, yeah, this was the number one reason I didn't put my notes in there. It's because I wanted to see if you noticed this. Throughout the film, Arthur's voice actor changes three times. Oh my god! I was like, why can't they get somebody to sing for him? He doesn't sing at all. He, the he only time he ever for sings like is one note in the beginning. It's when he's a fish. That's the only yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it was bad enough for me to make a note about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was awful. I could have yeah. done better. Honest so, to God. And you all heard me almost sing a line of "We Didn't Start the Fire." So. I know it was crazy. Yeah, we know I'm how bad sad that I, is. You stopped, but I one day will get drunk and do karaoke. I do know yes, all the lyrics to that go. song. Like I will throw down at karaoke <laughs> for that song. Um, however, um, yes. So three different voice was, actors. Yeah, he sounded absolutely garbage. I also noticed the reused rotoscoping, like so, from this movie. Like, a lot like, of the it's actually the other way around. A lot of the rotoscoping for this is used for the Jungle Book. No, they had scenes in this movie that were taken from this movie. They had, like people oh, right, like well, you yeah. can look it up. Like this movie they uses just its scenes. own self. Yeah, they yeah, just they repeat, repeat tons of shit in a different scene. It Him was carrying wild. the pots and pans inside yeah. the castle, Kay eating uh, chicken off the chicken bone. Um, and they it's funny that you bring up well. oh, repetitive ahead, stuff. No, I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, or you're okay. Um, but it's funny that you bring up repeated stuff because the number one, aside from like the audio not syncing up to the image in certain parts. Oh, for sure that too. Yeah. The number one biggest thing that stands out to me is the audio uh, track used for when Arthur falls is used six times in the movie. I didn't Where he goes, that. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he does it six times. And the first time you hear it is when he falls off the tree, right? As Kate is about to shoot the deer, AKA Bambi's mom, because you showed that to me. Um, <laughs> oh my God. He totally does. There's a Bambi's dude, mom Easter egg in this. And 100%. it is an Easter egg. I don't have a big conspiracy theory because he's using a bow, not a gun. Yep. I was about to go to like that. That was the only thing, folks, standing between me and a full-blown, like, mm-hmm. an episode about it. So, don't worry. It's just yeah. an Easter egg. But Bambi's mom does appear. Yep. Um, the audio is used when he falls from the tree onto K, forces him to lose the arrow. The next time we hear it is when he falls from the tree again, right into Merlin's house. We hear him use it again when he falls down the stairs after carrying the pots. We hear it a fourth time when he is falling out of the tree as the squirrel. Uh, we hear it a fifth time when he is losing his balance as a bird. And we hear it a final time when he falls down the chimney in Madame M's house. Oh my God. The same audio. And the la- the last thing I'm going to tell, and this actually is in your notes, and it made me fucking die laughing. Um, the way that Arthur is drawn when Merlin is explaining the future to him. <laughs> bro, this kid is tripping mad balls. His oh eyes are God. ballistically huge with it's, tiny so black pupils. What they did, and I, it's wild to me that they did this. Like, it's so crazy and it's so distracting. But they took the same effect that they use for, like, Mr. Toad and cause eyes. Yep. When Mr. Toad's in a mania and cause hypnotizing someone. Mm-hmm. They use that, but without the spiral eyes. Yeah, it's without his the eyes. It's just not spiraling. Yeah. yeah, but that's what it is. And I'm like, okay. Dude, he... Like, why is he looking like that? And also, kind of, I get it, but it was weird to draw him that way all the time. And he didn't have, like, a like a yeah. verbal accompaniment to this. There was mm-hmm. no, like... Th- not on the same level. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd it be just, like, oh, it was but his so eyes weird. are the size of plates. And it's like, Dude, he's freaking they out. are. 
Oh my god! It just yeah that this movie is a is a technological train wreck from start to finish. It just again it well I shouldn't say that because this is the first Disney movie. This is the last Disney animated film that Disney had a direct hand in. This Jungle it, Book, right? Right, that came out before he died. Yeah. Oh. He died in sixty six. Okay. Yeah, Jungle, Jungle Book, Book comes out. He worked on six in. Yeah. Blah. He worked on the Jungle Book, but it came out after his death. I follow yeah. you. Um, it's also the first this was actually something really cool and I didn't know this until this watch through um, this is the first Disney animated feature film with a single director the first? the first shut up that's Dead insane series. yeah only that's oops. wild only one person directed this film finally wow it didn't fix the problems, I know. unfortunately, because this movie is like a complete hot mess. And it, incidentally, it sounds terrible. It does. And, like, well, and why that's the thing. Like, there's no the worst? There's, yeah, there's no memorable songs in this. Madame Mim song is funny, but it's like most of these songs aren't even songs. It's just them talking with music in the background. Like, the ones that are, like, some of them are songs, right? Like, there's... I. And I feel like there's as, as many of them as there are in, you know, like, there's more songs in this than Bambi or Pinocchio or, like, yeah. I bet you it has the same number of songs as Sleeping Beauty. Actually, I can tell you how many songs are in this fucking one. fucking garbage. They're terrible. It's, like, the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. And the fact that they couldn't get somebody who could sing for Arthur. I mean, even just for those couple there of There are months, five like, songs in I know. Yeah. It just... So That's if anybody's gonna watch this movie recently, movie. like you, you can the best time to notice Arthur's voice change is after he becomes king. He tries to leave the castle with Archimedes, and they're trapped in there. And so you hear a little <laughs> boy's voice go, "Merlin, Merlin," and then Merlin comes flying in from the the window, and then. Archimedes tells him what happens, and then Arthur talks again, and for no reason at all, this kid has suddenly somehow gone through puberty, and his voice is hella different. Dude, and apparently that's what was happening. Like, I did yeah. I did read about this kind of, like, in my research after I watched it and took my notes, that mm -hmm. the reason that they had to do that was that the kids kept aging up, and their voices were changing. Yeah. But, like, if they're changing the actor to avoid that, then why are we hearing it in the movie? Like, it was just... Yeah. we hear it multiple just times. Wild. Or, like, cast a child who's yep. not on the immediate verge of puberty. Absolutely. Another <laughs> really good part to find it is while he's in the... While he's a fish, it's the same actor. But as soon as he gets out of the water and goes to tell Sir Ector the story, immediately you can tell it's a different person. I didn't notice it while I was watching, weirdly enough, and I don't know That's why That's crazy to me. I, I know, right? I picked it up. I mean, even before like, we started this podcast, I had known that. I had known that I, it was three different people. I didn't know. I And it did, I didn't notice it, but there was so much that I was like, I don't know. There's so much wrong with it. It was, I was, so I was wrapped up in like the in-world like plot stuff. Or the lack thereof. Yeah. And the lack thereof. And like, so it was just. The, I mean, the whole premise is insane, but also Merlin. Like, yeah. I need to talk about Merlin. Go for it. Like, I did not recall that Merlin was a time traveler. Oh, yeah. Like, legit. Like, mm -hmm. I He has the thought, steam locomotive, the airplane. He literally comes back with a Hawaiian tie-dye shirt. 
Well, that part I had no memory of, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, this is the end of this movie. Yeah. I I can't even imagine how young I must have been the last time I saw this, because I've seen it a lot. Like, I know mm-hmm. this movie, but apparently not that well, because those last couple minutes, I was like, wait, seriously? Oh, yeah. This is my and, favorite background noise Disney movie. Oh, yeah, totally. I can see why. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so inoffensive. Oh, yeah. And, it, and there's just, like, Archimedes saying funny shit. Yep. But it was wild to me. Like, I, like was thinking he could like see the future but then it was like no he's experienced the future mm-hmm. like he, i feel like the way he talks about like he's modernizing like i feel like yeah. his time period isn't the future i don't feel like he's from no medieval Europe i think he's, he's just jumped around future. yeah i think he has experienced and lived life in multiple times yeah, like I think he's from the future, or he's mm-hmm. lived forever, right? Also I, possible. I mean, the original legend is Merlin is immortal. Okay. Um, but he like is an aspect of the magic that's now lost to mankind or whatever, because mankind doesn't believe in magic anymore. Um, but all that, like that again, it depends on which Arthurian legend you you believe in. Some right. people don't believe that Camelot was a real place. Some people think Camelot actually existed and the round table was a real thing. That's totally up to you guys. If you want to believe that, go for it. I am a man of historical accuracy. I need to see some kind of evidence. Um, and again, there like I can't say that Camelot didn't exist. Like maybe this whole place was taken over by fucking Alexander the Great or, you know, shit like that. But uh, there we just we don't have any documented proof that a sword named Excalibur Existed. We know for a fact it could not have been magical. It could have been made from like a foreign steel, and that might be why it was legendary. But I mean, yeah. sounds like all a bunch of not historically accurate shit to me, personally. Agreed. Sorry, I didn't um, mean to cut across. No, your I'm just reason. like I did not know it was that serious a question. I was like, people think this is for real. Oh yeah. Mm. Wow. Good for them. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. No, I. But. But that makes sense about Merlin, though, right? Yeah. Like, and his... Absolutely. His whole deal. And what I found really wild was, like, that he didn't know that Arthur was going to be king. Like, I was sort of, like, again to that, I'm just like, so what was his thing? Like, he that makes him such a predator to me. Like, I could at least get on board if it's, like, Merlin knew that he was going to be the king and therefore wanted to prepare him to do that and taught him lessons that might be useful even if we didn't see him use them and even if like he wasn't I don't know even if it was like as out of nowhere as Pinocchio but he didn't know he just was like no you you kid on trajectory to like do something that's probably gonna work out well for you no I'm gonna get you in so much trouble like he's already in so much trouble from skipping out on shores during the fish adventure and Merlin's like let's go be squirrels he's like trying to catch up on his his like missed work and stuff like Merlin is such a bad guy what is his motivation that's what now that's like fucked up to me like not only did he not teach him anything about being king but what was I don't understand yeah I mean I suppose you could look at it from the aspect of Merlin knows what the future will be and so he wants to help those he comes across like begin the modern their modernization or whatever because he talks about even when he's trying to get water from the well he's like you know this place this is all just one big medieval mess yeah i like that big yeah. medieval mess. um like he hates it there so he much does. but then he when he comes back from the future there. he's like 
stoked to be back. Like, I feel like Merlin's like a yeah. grass is always greener, dude. Oh, and yeah, he bounces time. around. Yeah. He, I feel like that's what he's doing. He calls himself the world's most powerful wizard. And to a degree, that is technically true. He is the smartest wizard, absolutely by far. Um, but he tells he tells Sir Ector he doesn't go into like dark magic or anything like that. Um, and he uses it prime like solely to educate. So we know that his his task that he's set to himself is to educate whoever this person that he foresaw falling through his roof was. And I think the only reason we, <clears throat> the only thing we have to really go on on like his motivations is he hates the medieval times and he wants to like speed up the modernization of medieval times. Um, he's trying to teach him like about the airplane. He teaches him about the train, uh, you know, but then he tries to educate war because he has no like real schooling on you know really anything he teaches him mathematics engineering stuff like that which <clears throat> i think it really could have been explained with like a single sentence but i think merlin knew he was going to be king but forgot that's why he was coming right see that that would track for me because it's weird that he like knows he's coming and feels like it's important but yeah. i could buy that he like feels like it's important and he doesn't know why and he's kind of a bad guy in this but like the fact that he's around is going to be really helpful to mm -hmm. arthur as king yeah later on Dude, yeah and okay again mad props to archimedes for merlin dips out straight up which this was another thing that dude. bothered me dude yeah he let's overreacts wild 100 percent what, what did he overreact to reacts. i was trying to remember it after and i like oh him becoming case squire that's what it right. So so he like achieves his goal, gets to go on the trip to London, and Merlin loses his fucking mind. Yeah, he full on screams in his face, causes Arthur to cry, and he's like, "I'm happy to be a case squire." And then Merlin's just like, "Of all the idiotic, blow me to Bermuda!" And then he just flies <laughs> out of the window, and Archimedes is like, "Who knows? Like Bermuda, like, perhaps. Bermuda, perhaps. He's." I He's so mad that he's chosen this, like, what Merlin sees as being, like, a lowbrow profession. Oh, yeah. when he's a piece like, of shit kid, basically. He has no ambition. He's, like, it's, like, giving somebody a full scholarship to Harvard and having them say, like, no, I'm going to run my family business and having the Harvard professors, like, blow themselves to oh, Bermuda. yeah. Absolutely. Like, he was, like, wait, you have this opportunity to, like, get all fancy with me in my ivory tower and you don't want to come? And don't get me wrong, folks. Like, I live in an ivory tower. I'm working on my PhD right now. Like, that's my life. It's like, I get it. Like, I would totally be Merlin in this. But sure. also, yep. like, what the fuck? Like, calm yeah. down. You're not that great. Like, you, was... like, I get feeling, you know, fancy about your education. But, like, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was it was super unnecessary for him to, to freak out like that. And you can tell. The other thing I really liked about this was you could tell... Archimedes knew Merlin was pissed. As soon as he yeah. comes in, he's like, oh, great job, boy. And he's getting, like, all quiet and weird or whatever. And Merlin's like, Merlin just steadily gets angrier and angrier. But, again, shout, mad shout out to Archimedes. Because he hung mm -hmm. around and helped Wart. Yeah. And he had, like, no... Oh, poor Wart. Yeah. Like, he... Imagine if... Merlin didn't come back and he was just on his own oh, with yeah. Archimedes. Like, 
trying to run like England. Like I assume that that Merlin would have been like better, more helpful once once Arthur was like gonna like king. Like he shows back up. Like I feel like that's why we need the sequel. Mm-hmm. Or at least like some kind of expanded information about it, you know. Um, I, there's a really good chance. I'm just gonna totally cut off this sentence real quick and tell you that there's a really good chance. Um, I'm about to freak out in a second here. Why? Uh, because so at the time of this recording, guys, it is Wait, currently the Ravens Raiders game. Oh, is football happening? Is yes. sports ball? Yes, sports ball is happening, and Yay I team. have. I have a bet on DraftKings right now that Tyson Williams will be the first person to score a touchdown today. And if that's... Dude, if that's fucking true, I just won almost $300. I mean... Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to, like, throw that into the fucking episode or whatever, but, dude, I'm gonna... I'm looking at it right now. I'm, like, looking it up on my phone right now. You're like, hang on, wait, pause. And I'm... Yeah, I'm trying trying to fuck... Oh, goddammit, this ESPN app is driving me nuts, dude. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, Uh, all right. But, yeah, I'm sorry. Please continue. I'm going to transition us to, first of all, saying, like... The, I guess I guess the the last thing I have to say on Merlin is just like he's kind of a proto genie, right? He's an early he is, meta character. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say he well he does so like he's there as this like mystical guide. He has powers beyond measure and man, but yeah, I would. Well, but it's like the uh, way that he makes these kind of meta references, mm-hmm. right? Like his thatness of him. I don't know how to describe it right, but like his, like, because Robin Williams obviously like turns it into something more Bro, than shut that. up, I got it! Oh, fuck! Did you get it? Sorry, I'm so loud. Sorry, I'm so sorry, that was so loud. I just won $300. Holy fuck, you guys. I'm keeping Dude, this recorded. Awesome. This was, sorry, I'm so you? sorry that was so loud. I'm stoked for you. If I won 300 bucks, I'd be like flipping out too. Yay, gambling. Oh my fucking God. Oh, dude, I'm so glad it's free in Arizona, or it's allowed in Arizona now. Dude, that's cool. Gambling's fun. I lived in Las Vegas. I get it. All right. Sorry. Anybody. I promise this is a quasi-professional. Quasi-professional slash I'm currently gambling. Yeah. Slash I'm like, I'm making money right now. I just (laughs) want to know what you're going to buy with the 300 bucks. Because if it was me. I don't know. Probably buy a new mic. No, I'm just playing. No, your mic's great. My mic is great. And I'm only saying that because it's your mic, too. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, before I'm like, oh, all the things I would buy with 300 bucks. I know. I really want that Roomba that maps the house. I, I call her Super Karen. Dude, and those I are want sick, her. right? Yeah, my Roomba's name is Karen because she's always getting into the shit and like calling the manager and like getting stuck. So, so I'm going to get Super Karen. That's <laughs> the one that maps right. the house. That's what I anyway. like. That's a really good segue into the other thing that really pissed me off about this movie was how please the pe- okay so like them clean him cleaning the kitchen and the oh kitchen my God, being automated yeah. and everything. This is how he gets in so much trouble because yeah. he does like a Fantasia like clean it up. Scene. He does, and I like I don't understand. <laughs> like I get it; it's supposed to be funny or whatever. But her, Sir Ector runs into the kitchen and he's like, "God, Sooks, black magic of the worst kind," and I'm just like, "Fucking why?" <laughs> Because even Merlin's like, you call washing dishes and scrubbing floors black magic? And I'm like, well, yeah, get him, Merlin, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes and, right? Like, I, 
where did I write this down? It's in my notes somewhere. Yeah, in that in that moment, I think it's more of a philosophical question. I think, yeah, like because before they start that spell to clean up, Wart is like, wait, but I'm supposed to do this. Like, this is my chore. Like, he has like an ethical concern about it because he's like, I can't go be squirrels. I gotta clean. And Merlin's like, no, you don't gotta clean. I'll cast a spell. And he's like, but I'm supposed to do it. Like, this is part of my squire training. Like, it's not about just that it gets cleaned up like it's supposed to be me and Marlon goes nobody will know as long as the work gets done now let's go be squirrels and I'm like yo that's not a good lesson like he had like an ethical responsibility to like he was like learning a lesson cleaning the pots more than Merlin ever taught him and I feel like that's what's his name's beef with it that he thinks it's like black magic he's like what the fuck like because he cares about that kind of uh, like character building yeah I think I think it says a lot that he didn't listen to anything that Arthur ever said. In terms of like I don't know, like I feel like a lot of a huge part of it was he was just like I know more than you. Like you you want to come with me. Like trust me, you want to you want to fucking do this. Yeah. It's not so he shanghai's him. Yeah, he does. I think that is, again, we're using Shanghai once again, and that is a really good fucking word for this. Shanghai is what Disney does instead of kidnapping. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> well, Disney let's be doesn't fair. kidnap you, Pinocchio, they Shanghai you. He gets Shanghai and kidnapped. So, Pinocchio is just. Oh, God damn it, that's such a terrible movie. Anyway, um, speaking of terrible. <laughs> I think it's time that we've finally talked about Madame Mim. Can we talk about I, we need the to talk marvelous about Mad Madame Mim? Mad Madame Mim. Dude, I so before you even say anything else, the two funniest parts in this entire movie are because of her. In my opinion, are because of Which her. Which fits. So when she tells Ward that she's going to give him a sporting chance, and then she slowly transforms into a cat... And then she jumps at him as he flies in the air and for no reason just starts laughing her ass off. She's just like, ah! and I'm like, dude, fuck yeah, this is so fucking funny. She's just capering dude, around and screaming her head she off. Is. Cheating at the games she's just. Oh, yeah. Just- she fucking started. Come on. Like, yeah. dude, she's wonderful. It's and so then- <laughs> funny. I do agree. Her running around is hilarious, capering around, screaming her head off. When when Merlin shows up and uh, she's trying to lie to Merlin about what was going on, and then she goes up to he's like uh, Ward's like she said she was gonna eat me and she's like and what of it Merlin you want to have a wizard do and she just slaps him in the face like five times, dude I was oh my god dude. even just thinking about it like is cracking me the fuck up. It was so funny that like she is just so they they discover her during the flying lesson and where it just like flies into her house by accident like an asshole right and it's just this like cabin in the woods and surprise it's her and Archimedes goes to get Merlin but it's like they're old buddies like they totally like they're just like old rivals like it's not yeah. even that serious <laughs> but it's like oh no madam ma'am and like yeah and she's just like fuck you Merlin like what are you doing here <laughs> They they had this very, like, um, (laughs) someone I was thinking of and it's escaping my mind now of, like, the relationship that they have. Um, They remind me of Tom and Jerry. Yeah, of Tom Tom and Jerry. If Tom and Jerry had superpowers. Because Tom, Merlin is Jerry, 
he just wants to live his life. And Mim is like, I'm going to fuck this man's whole career up. <laughs> yeah, definitely that. Yeah. I also feel like I'm thinking about this isn't the example that I had in my mind, but it's almost like Professor X and Magneto where they oh like they God. totally know each other from before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they meet and it's like, OK, yeah, like <laughs> they obviously have like a history and it's not that serious between them when they fight. You know, like, I don't know. They're just like, like, it doesn't even seem like in the end she believes that Merlin's going to throw her off the cliff. I know. Yeah, she. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they, I don't know. She's just so funny. She's in, I love the way that she cheats. And mm. I love that all she wants is for Arthur to believe that she's the best wizard. Because she's like, who do you think is the best wizard? She's like, not even trying to hurt Arthur. Oh, yeah. Arthur she shows up care. and she's like, yeah, I'm the best. What do you think? And he's like, Merlin. And she's like, Merlin, fuck you. Like, fuck <laughs> She's like, Merlin. now I have to destroy you. Yeah, no. Well, and like, right at that moment, Merlin shows up. So I don't even know if she was going to destroy him. Like, I think she's just pissed. And then Merlin shows up and she's like, what? You want to have a wizard stool? You're talking shit about me? You want to fight? <laughs> yeah. And they do. Shit, what do you want? And well, I love and like, how it's like all transfiguration. Like they're just that's all they know how to do. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like it's that's that's just basically like their vibe. And the I mops will, so would like, technically be considered charms, right? They probably oh, charm yeah. the mops, but mm-hmm. I feel like almost everything else they do is transfiguration. Transfiguration. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Cuz they don't throw like bolts or anything at each other. No, there's no sort of like energy pulses yeah. of any kind, and I don't feel like there's any like you don't really see any potions, you know. They just, they just turn into different animals. Yeah, that's the thing. And like, I love how she's like, no turning into pink dragons and she turns into a purple dragon. She turns into a purple dragon instead yeah. of a pink one, or, or a pink one instead of a purple one, whatever it is. Did I say purple dragons? <laughs> yeah, dude. She's oh, she's so great. And fun fact for you guys, as a little animation tidbit. She is meant to be a cartoon mockery of Maleficent. If you I look know. at the way she appears yeah. out of the water and the way the fire comes around her, yeah. it's the exact same way that Maleficent turns into the dragon. And it looks great. Like, I mm-hmm. remember her the best out of this movie. But I, I love how this is not, like, a climax. No, There's not no in any way. At all. Like, the big climax of this movie is that he pulls the sword out of the stone and they're like, you're the king. And he's like, I'm the king. And then the movie ends. And they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, that's it. He's like, oh, shit. And then the movie ends. And so. I, so I love how this is just sort of in the middle. Like, it's at the end of the three adventures. Yes. But it's like, it's, yeah, it's the culmination of that. So I liked your idea earlier of had the three adventures or three, like, had lessons. That oh, yeah. Like, paid off for him to fight, fight Madame Mim. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if they had paid off to watch Merlin fight Madame Mim. Even mm-hmm. if it was the ultimate lesson and Merlin was like, see, this is how you use whatever, whatever. And, you know, maybe they used to fuck or something and he could use the love lesson. I oh have no idea. God. That well, would be, so the be, probably one... be even more sexist. But oh, I don't yeah. know. I I just think it's funny and hilarious that she shows up in the middle of this movie and, like, fucks around and disappears. And, like, Merlin beats her really impressively, though. I, so that's Merlin's what I was going to say. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he does use the first lesson. He uses the fish lesson of using your no- your brain. I almost your said noodle. noodle. Like, I'm a fucking it's idiot. It's okay. You can say noodle. I know. He's just noggin. He did. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say your noodle. your noodle. I say that all the time. I call it my noodle. I almost said noggin too. Like I got caught up between noodle and noggin, and I wish I had let myself say it because it would have been like noodlogin. But noodlogin. Stick stickly taught me to say noggin. Oh my god, I love stick stickly. I just said mad that. shout out to the nineties. I just dropped. I just dropped that on you guys. Hell yeah. I Let's did. fucking go, dude. Like I'm out. That's me for the night. That's what we <laughs> should do. Is a fucking nineties <laughs> recap episode of the greatest shows in the nineties. Is Beast that not Wars, what's... Doug, Rugrats? Let's fucking oh go. Oh my god, dude. I don't want to talk about all that. All right. Anyway, any noodles. Um, um, he does totally use do the that. fish. Using your brain, like using the, your smarts yeah. to outwit her, and he does. He becomes a germ. Yeah, which is so her, cool. Which the disease, sick. by the way, is not real. Manathetalotoritis is what he I says he is. That up. Um, I mean, as far as I know, I'm clearly I'm a doctor, but um, I assume you at, at a minimum Googled it. No, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to use Google. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was like the only lesson that gets used. The love lesson never comes up. I don't even know what the lesson he was a squirrel was supposed to be. There is literally no lesson when he's a bird because Merlin's not even there to teach him anything. The only thing we learn is how birds fly. Well, he learns how to fly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they don't actually teach him to swim all that well. Like, he is, you know, I don't... Or run around in the trees. I guess they try. I don't mm. know. He at least learns to fly from someone competent. But um, that's about it. That's really all you can say. Because the end of the flight lesson ends here with Madame Mim. Yeah. So, I, worth it, I guess. Because she was for sure my favorite part of this movie. Even though I only gave Madame Mim a 5.5. Because I just... I gave her a 6. I think I originally gave her a 6.5. And I've been working her down. Yeah. I gave 5. her a 6.5 because she made me laugh. But my as far initial, as like imposing and threatening, no, she's not. So, I actually will... I'll abide by your 5.5 and give her that. Because she was funny. She, She's not really, like, a villain either. Yeah. Like, she's getting points for being totally awesome and out there, but mm -hmm. she's not, like, the climax of the story. She's not no. really, like, a challenge to anybody. Like, she's just sort of, like, like I say, like, I feel she's like they're detour. buddies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, feel, I wish I could remember or had written down the analogy I had in my head for, for their relationship, because I did have a good one, and I don't know what it is. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, she gets a fine. I'm sure it was I, Wheel of Time related. Uh, I don't even think that it was. And now you have me thinking about that again. <laughs> you guys, the Wheel of Time is coming out on September 19th. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Wait, November. Whoa, hold on. I fucking wish. Yeah, I, I was wish like, hold November. the fuck on. I fucking wish. No, this is the month of September. Um, I have finished my wine. Uh, um, November. Anyway, we should. St I'm going to start taking this out of here. I'm like, what, what did you give this overall? Did you like this movie? Oh, I love this movie. As a as a movie to enjoy, uh, this is a solid seven or eight for me. Shut up! I'm really? dead serious. Like I said, you this is this one of my a seven or an no, eight. No, 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 Which no, 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 but it is like it is one of those movies that I love having on in the background, you know. Like I just like it's funny every time I hear Madame Mim start talking, I always stop what I'm doing and I look at the TV. <laughs> I love watching her slap Merlin in the face. Just like it's it's shit like that. She's it's so really funny. good. Yeah, she really made this movie worth it. She does. 
Um, but you gave it a, f- a 6.5? Or t- I uh, gave six? it a 5.5. 5.5, half, yeah. I had a f- that might have come down, too, at some point. Like, I honestly was, like, <laughs> chipping away at this rating. Because um, it, it doesn't look good, it doesn't sound good, and the plot's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. But it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's not it's it's not really that problematic, so it's just sort of like harmlessly. Stupid it is. It's and just funny. kinda like sits there in the timeline of like, well, this movie existed for those who want to enjoy it. Yeah, it just kind of is. It just sort of exists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh it's it, it doesn't have like music that's annoying. Like it doesn't sound yeah. good, but it's not like full of terrible songs. It didn't strike me it well, I shouldn't say it like that. It gives off very great mouse detective vibes. It is a great movie, but it's not one that people are like, I like this is one of Disney's greatest pieces or like this is one of my favorite movies from childhood or whatever. It's just one of those movies that people kind of remember. To Radigan. To Radigan. Oh god, I fucking love Radigan. Of course you're not. You're a mouse. Yeah, a big mouse. I'm like, what do you mean the Great Mouse Detective? Not the best movie. I'm like, I don't no, know. No, it's a great movie. I, I'm I, like, I don't relate. I love the Great Mouse Detective. Nah. Dude, my buddy, my, no, my best friend and I watch it all the time in high school. And every time we talked about it at, at school the next day, we'd just be like, the Great Mouse Detective. The Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> I love it. Um, my sister and I are big Radigan fans. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, um... But no, I get what you mean though. That it's like it is one of the the good like good slash great under the movies. radar. I think that's what I'll put under it under the radar. Yeah. I just wish more was happening. There's just so much time spent too. being an animal, and like the squirrel yeah. scene is long, and the fish scene is long, and it, it doesn't really advance is. the plot. We're not learning a lesson. Yeah. It doesn't look good enough to justify its own existence. So. It, it, like in retrospect it sucks like the parts of the movie that I feel like are good are the parts where they're not animals and mm-hmm. that's a very small part of this movie so I think it's just too bad I this is one I really do wish there was a sequel because it would look a lot yeah. better and it would I be agree. interesting mm-hmm. I'm just kind of surprised there isn't one I I'm think it's shocked. just because it's not popular enough it's ripe for one so okay I'm going to make an official prediction right now this is the first time this was popping into my brain Let's go. into my noodle um, when they do this live action, whatever the fuck, on Disney Plus, they're gonna give this movie was what an hour and like eighteen minutes. An hour and nineteen minutes, yeah. Yeah. All right, they're gonna give this thing an extra twenty five to thirty. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're gonna get all that shit. We're gonna get way less of being an animal. The lessons of being an animal are gonna matter, and we're gonna get post in um, coronation. Mm-hmm. Like using yeah. those lessons, I think we'll, and then that yeah. I am fucking here for. If they could, like, actually good, like if they could do that with a live action remake, I'd be really happy. It's just too much time as animals. Like I, I yeah. agree, this could get an eight if they did that. I need twenty five to thirty minutes, less time as animals, and payoff, and I'll be mm-hmm. really, really happy, girl. But it's not yeah. what this movie is, so I give it a five and a half. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and now, guys, we have. I have traumatized you enough with my yelling and my poor character acting. I sang um, more than I meant to. You did. I know. I'm kind of disappointed in you. We're drinking a lot for a Monday, you guys, for yeah. this episode. <laughs> let's work on that for next time. <laughs> uh, but speaking of next time, uh, as we said at the beginning of the episode, we are coming up on Mary Poppins. And I am so excited about this because that does have quite the list of bops. Um, and I'm very excited to see what Lindsay thinks of this. Um, I did tell her, because we are going through this as a timeline thing, 
Um, I did advise her not to watch Saving Mr. Banks until after watching Mary Poppins, so she doesn't know what happened. Like, again, Saving Mr. Banks isn't 100% historically accurate. I get it, guys. Sue me. Um, totally still watching it. I know. I will watch it after Mary Poppins and before we record, so I mm-hmm. tend to come prepared to discuss. Good. As always, Scott is taking responsibility for obscure names. I'm taking responsibility True for story. obscure sequels. As we go forward, I think we mm-hmm. might even be able to remove the obscurity from that. We're really just yeah. I think all it's out. just I think it's just who we are at yeah. this point. Um, Tell but, people where they can reach us. Oh yeah, sorry. I, sorry, I was just thinking about. Um, all the songs of Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, well, yeah, okay, if you well, want to reach wait, us and actually, tell us so... about all the songs, then uh, you can let us know on our email at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. If you want to let me know all of the historical things I just got incorrect about King Arthur and the Arthurian <laughs> legend, oh my God, please fill me in. If you want to congratulate me on all the money I just won as well, um, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter at Behind Timeline. Uh, if you guys, first of all, thank you guys so much for for all of the the attention that you've been giving me Instagram the last couple of days because Lindsay is so excited about the Wheel of Time and her excitement is making me very excited. Yeah, and that and post got a lot of likes, and I really appreciate yeah, that. She gave me a really great day. Yeah, she's she's been telling me all about it all day, and I've been checking in and out, and I love that you guys are engaged, um, and you know, talking to her about things you want to see and stuff like that. So we really do appreciate, it, and we really do read what you guys are writing. Um. So check out the Instagram for updates, letting you know what's coming up. Again, it's another it's another new week, so we got uh, What If Episode 6 coming on Wednesday. We'll have that out on Thursday. Um, but yeah, until then, guys, I guess uh, you, know, you know the drill. Stay nerdy. See you next time.